Uh, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Every day that you are alive and in God's kingdom, it should be a great day. And there ought to be a smile on all of your faces this morning because God is good, isn't he? He is good. And if you're visiting with us this morning uh, for the first time, or if you're just passing through, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest, and you're always welcome here at this church whenever the doors are open. Do us a favor, though. We have a card in the back of your pew that you can take out and fill out so that we might have a record of your attendance. And then we would just simply ask that you take that card and stick it in the box out in the foyer as you exit this morning, or you can hand it to me or one of our shepherds. We want to make sure that we get you plugged in if you're looking for a church home, that you call this church your home, because I think we have a very fine church here um, that you could be a part of. So this morning, we are going to continue our sermon series, might go to that first slide, entitled The Born Again Identity. The Born Again Identity. So last week, uh, we talked about um, um, how to live uh, unashamed. And in this series, our goal that we're attempting to accomplish is to flesh out a few character traits that we're all called to have as born-again believers. So again, last week, we talked about how as uh, believers in Jesus Christ, born-again believers, how we ought to live unashamed when it comes to our faith and our testimony in Jesus Christ. So this week, we're going to start a new kind of idea, a new identity, and it's the identity um, that God has called us to live in humility. So what we're going to be talking about this entire, uh, 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 for the next, I guess, 20, 30 minutes is, is how to live in humility. Uh, because living in humility can often be difficult and problematic, especially living in the culture that we, that we live in. There was a, uh, a football team uh, that was losing badly, and in desperation, the coach ran over to the worst player on the team, and he said to that player, I want you to get out there and get mean and get tough. So the young man jumped to his feet and was excited, and he put on his football helmet, and he said, you got it, coach, but can you tell me which one out there is mean and which one is tough so I'll, so I'll know when I get out there? You know, oftentimes, we want people to notice us and to recognize us for our skill sets, our gifts, and our abilities, and one of the things that I believe human beings struggle with is our desire to be viewed as special. So we go to great lengths to communicate to others how special we are because we want to be recognized. That's part of our culture. Um, so I'm going to tell you a few stories this morning. So let me vent um, and then uh, uh, I'll be done. So uh, I decided to sign up for a gym membership at the YMCA on Marguerite, right? So I want to get back in shape. I'm working on my summer abs, right? So um, Decided to, to get a membership at the YMCA, and I went last week uh, for the first time. I was blown away by the facilities, so I decided to check out the weight room. And as I was walking into the weight room, I heard this painful grunt, and I couldn't tell if it was from man or beast or what, so I, I walked into the weight room facility, and I see this huge figure. Looked like the Incredible Hulk. I mean, he had muscles on top of muscles on top of his muscles, right? His muscles were lifting weights. It was just amazing to see this guy in all of his uh, physical strength. And as I walked into the gym, I see him looking into the mirror going, ah, ah, 
ah, right? And I was thinking to myself, wow, this guy is, is huge. And on top of that, he had earbuds in his ears, and he was singing, singing along with the music. And I think he was listening to Katy Perry, so it was really awkward, right? Big buff guy, ah, ah, listening to Katy Perry. So I walk in, and I see him, so I decide to go behind him so I can get to the weight bench and do some bench press, right? So I lay down on the bench machine, and I get ready to, to lift some weights, and he comes over to me, and he says, excuse me, man, uh, I'm on that bench. And I was thinking to myself, you were just in the mirror doing the bicep curls. So I didn't say anything to him. I just got up and said, here you go, here you go, right? And it turns out that this guy was taking up three different spaces in the gym, right? And as I was looking at him, I noticed other people that were in there with me, we were looking at him as well, right? We couldn't focus on our own workout because we were looking at this beast of a man lifting weights, making grunts, and listening to Katy Perry. And all the attention was on him in the gym facility. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this guy really wants to be noticed by others because of his physique, really wants people to see him, right? Then that same weekend, I made a mistake and decided to go shopping at South Coast Plaza. Don't ever go shopping there, amen, right? So I went to South Coast Plaza, and I was looking for a pair of dress shoes. So I decided to go into a store, um, and I think it was called Allen Edmond. I'd never been there before, but I went into this store, and I said to the clerk, hey, I want to see some new dress shoes. He said, all right, let me show you the shoes. So I looked at the shoes, and you know you got to flip them over on the bottom side to see the price tag, right? So that's the first thing I do, and I notice the shoes are $1,500. And I said, are these made out of gold? Or I mean, what, what did they come with, right? Um, and I said, excuse me, sir, excuse me, um, where are the more affordable shoes? He said, sir, over there to the left. So I walk over there to the left, and I look at the shoe and take the bottom of it and look at the price tag. These were $700. And I was thinking to myself, more affordable, right? Uh, so I left and went to pay less. But anyway, so <laughs> it got me thinking again about how we go to very great lengths to impress people by the way we look, Right? By the way we dress, we, we communicate who we are. If we look sharp and walk around in the best attire and gear and we have the nicest car and have the nicest home, we want people to see us and recognize us. Another thing that I struggle with, church, as I vent this morning, amen, is that of the selfie. Do you know what a selfie is this morning? Many of our young people know what selfies are. I think the term selfie is actually in the dictionary now. I believe the worst invention unintentionally created by social media is that of the selfie. And let me tell you what a selfie is if you don't know. A selfie is when you take a picture with your phone, smartphone or something like that, camera, whatever you do, take a picture of yourself, right, and then you post it on Facebook or Twitter or some other social media site so that you can uh, rack up a number of likes and comments. And what I see people doing is taking pictures of themselves from different angles, taking pictures of what they eat, taking pictures of their new outfit, and posting it all over the place so that they can say, look at me. Look how special I am. Look how good looking I am. Look at me because I am special and I am important. And this morning, if you are a selfie taker, here's my word of advice for you. Just take them and don't post them to Facebook. Just leave them on your phone, right? And if you forget what you look like, then go on your phone and look and say, hey, I look good. But just don't. But we want people to know who we are. 
We want to look important. We want to be special. I even know some people that um, are really focused on, on their careers, right? And while they're at work, they're very, very focused on their work performance. But the reason why they're focused on their work performance is not so that they can give God really the glory and honor, but they're working so hard so that they can receive some kind of recognition. They want to be viewed as special. I've had some coworkers in the past that they work and work and work and work and work. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Well, they do that because they want recognition. They want to be looked at as special, right, for all that they do and all that they are. Church, we live in a culture where we struggle with humility because we want everybody to see us and how great we are. But when I look at the Bible, the Bible tells us something very interesting um, about humility. But before we get there, I want you guys to really just spend some time thinking about this quote. I love this quote by uh, C.S. Lewis. And he says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but rather thinking of yourself less. And I really, really like that quote. Now, all these things that I've mentioned before, working out at the gym and, and selfies and, and clothing, all those things aren't bad in and of themselves. But if they go unchecked, they can turn into a cancerous problem. So we've got to learn to be self-controlled. Now, I don't think this quote is saying that we um, need to have bad self-esteem because I think some people equate humility with poor self-esteem. I've met a lot of people that think because they have poor self-esteem that makes them humble, right? Uh, I'm telling myself I'm not the prettiest, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. that I, I don't believe God calls us to have poor self-esteem. I think God calls us to be confident and courageous, and bold with the gifts, abilities, and talents that he has given us. And that's a little different than having poor self-esteem. And, and you know, we, we juxtapose this idea with, with it being humility. But poor self-esteem is not the same thing as humility. Humility is something very special. And I want to flesh that out this morning and talk about what humility is and what it, and what it looks like. So if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, I want you to turn to a passage of Scripture found in Matthew chapter 5 and verse uh, number 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 5. Here in this passage, uh, Jesus talks about being meek or having this quality of meekness or humility. So this morning, I want to flesh out this definition just a little bit. What does it mean to be meek or what does it mean to be humble? Well, by definition, it's the act of lowering oneself in relation to others. Lowering yourself in relation to others. Um, how many of you have ever been to the doctor before with an ailment that you had, and all you wanted the doctor to do is just to listen to what you're going through, your signs and your symptoms, but how many of you have gone to the doctor's office and before you can even open your mouth, the doctor has already diagnosed what you have, wrote a prescription, and said, I'll see you next time without giving you the time of day to even speak. But you know you found a good doctor when that doctor will 
open up that office, that door, that, that room that you're in, and sit down with you and take the time to say, hey, what is going on? Tell me about what you're going through. Let me hear about your signs and your symptoms. He doesn't have to do that, but it's powerful when someone of that uh, magnitude, if you will, that skill set says, you know what, I'm going to push aside my agenda and what I've got going on, and I'm simply going to just listen to you and spend some time with you. Humility. That's what God requires of us, to be humble people. And that's what he said in Matthew chapter 5. In verse number five, Jesus called his followers. They were following him, and he went up to a mountain. As he sat down, he began to preach to them. And these people were thinking that Jesus is this king character. He's going to come and set everything in order. He's going to be barking out orders left and right, throwing out the, the local government. And, and, but Jesus said something very profound and different that was just that stood opposed to culture. And what he said here in Matthew 5, verse number 5, is blessed or blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And I believe, church, that this is a born-again identity that we are all called to have. Show me a Christian person, and I believe you'll see the most humble person, or you're supposed to see the most humble person or people group in the world. But oftentimes we struggle with humility because humility, like I said, goes against the grain of the culture. Our culture teaches bigger house, nicer car, more money, bigger and greater is better. But Jesus came and said, know what? It's the opposite of that. Humility is our born again identity. And I'm just warning you this morning, church, because we probably know countless examples of, of this passage that I think is so important in Proverbs 16, 18. The quest for more, the quest for better, the quest for bigger usually leads to a fall. And that's what Proverbs 16, 18 says. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And you've probably seen it before, have you, church? Someone who thought they were big and special and powerful and didn't give God the glory and honor and wanted attention eventually met their demise. I had a good friend of mine who um, we were uh, roommates at one point in college at Harding. And uh, I remember uh, he was trying to get this girl's attention, right? So he decided to go to the mall and buy some new clothes, new outfit, new shoes, new shirt. And I remember him looking in the mirror that morning as we were getting ready to leave to go to chapel saying to himself, I am sharp. You are the man, right? So I remember him leaving that day, and both of us were walking to chapel. And at Harding, if you've ever been to chapel, you know that you have to walk up some stairs to actually get to your seat. And I remember him that, that day, he had to walk and everything. He was walking with swag and confidence, and he was even doing the finger gun to people, pow, 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 right? And I remember him walking in the chapel, and he saw the girl that he wanted uh, attention from, so he looked at her and was walking, and I remember he tripped up some stairs. I don't know how you trip upstairs, but he tripped up some stairs, hit his face on the stairs, and cracked his tooth, cracked his tooth, and he didn't know it was cracked, I don't think, because he got up and he smiled. I said, oh, well, you know, tore his shirt, scuffed up his shoes, and I was just thinking to myself, mm-hmm, Proverbs 16, 18, not really, not really. Forgive me. Of it. <laughs> but typically that's the case. When we try to elevate ourselves, God will, will humble us, won't he? And if you hadn't been there before, you will, you will get there at one point because God wants his children 
to be humble. Humble. It reminds me of the story in Acts chapter 12, verses 21 and 23. I don't have that up on the screen, but I just want to tell you this uh, story real quick of uh, this guy by the name of Herod Agrippa. Herod Agrippa in Acts chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. The Bible says, On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a God, not of a man. And I wonder if Herod Agrippa was going, Yes, the people love me. They think I'm special. They think I am somewhat of a God figure. He was dressed in all his royal attire, and the people were chanting his name, and he was elevated. And I wonder if he was just feeling great that day. Ah, the crowd shouted in verse number 23. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died, period. And then the story just continues on. <laughs> My goodness, what a story in Scripture. Someone who thought he was special didn't give God the glory and the honor, and God said, I'm taking you out. And you don't hear about this character anymore. Pride goes before the fall, and Jesus tells us to live in humility. And Christian people, like I said before, ought to be the most humble people that you would ever encounter in this life. And the Bible tells us that the humble will inherit the earth. Today, as you know, is uh, what liturgical churches like to call, and Christian churches everywhere like to call, uh, Palm Sunday. So for just a few moments of our time, I want to flesh out this idea of Palm Sunday and talk about why it was one of the greatest acts of humility that the world has ever seen. Might go to this next picture. Palm Sunday. So if we can kind of set the scene, what was going on here? If we look at this picture, just a wonderful uh, rendition of, of what Jesus was doing in the triumphal entry, if you will. You remember the story? Jesus rode on a donkey went through the Mount of Olives on the way to Jerusalem. And there were people that recognized that Jesus was Lord, he was king, so they started cutting down palm branches and, and cloaks and throwing them in the street and yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, Savior, glory to the highest, right? Because Jesus was king, Lord, and Hosanna, Savior, on his way to give his life for all of humanity. A great act of humility, and the people recognize this. So if you see this artistic depiction, it's a good picture of kind of what was going on. So you guys follow along with me as I read uh, the triumphal entry scene, Matthew chapter 21, uh, verses 5 through 9. You guys can follow along with me. You can, you can look at this together. And actually, I'll read in verse number 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying them, to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. 
And this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fold of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Like I said earlier, I believe one of the greatest acts of humility that we read um, in Scripture is this act of Jesus riding in to be crucified on a donkey. He was preparing to give his life up for all of humanity. And as you kind of think back to that picture, go back to that picture, Mike. I want to just keep this in in our thoughts this morning. Jesus on his way, heading into Jerusalem for what reason? To give his life for all of humanity. Now, why is this so profound and why is this so important? Well, the Bible says in verse number three, um, go tell the people that I need this, this donkey. And if they ask any questions, say the Lord needs them. Jesus is Lord. He is Yahweh. He is creator. He owns everything. He owns B of A. He owns Chase. He owns, right? He owns it all. And what Jesus decided to ride on into Jerusalem was a donkey. He could have had the best Roman chariot with the nicest horses, but he said, you know what? I'm going to ride in on the Ford Focus of my day. If you have a Ford Focus, no offense. I'm just trying to paint a picture here. That's a good car, by the way. (laughs) Decided to ride in on a donkey. And then the scripture goes on, and the people recognize in verse number five that he is a king. See, your king comes riding to you on a donkey into Jerusalem. Jesus being king. And if you think about all the pompous acts of of our world leaders, right? Think about how the president travels. I remember being in Sinai, Egypt, and um, the vice president of the time decided to come out and visit us troops uh, while we were on our peacekeeping mission. And I remember they show up in the middle of the desert with about 16 stretch limousines. I'm thinking to myself, how did they get these limousines to the middle of the desert? All 16, right? Just pompous. And I was thinking to myself, wow, Jesus could have entered into Jerusalem like that. But he said, no, give me a donkey. And the people recognized that. He threw down palm branches and their cloaks, and they recognized that he was Hosanna the Savior of the world. And Jesus, being Lord, being King, decided to perform one of the greatest acts of humility in giving his life on the cross. The greatest act of humility in giving his life on the cross for all of us. And Jesus simply asks us to do a similar thing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we must learn to live in humility. When the world tells us more, When the world tells us to get bigger and better and greater, we should remember the words of Jesus. 
And those that humble themselves are the ones that are going to be blessed. So what is our born-again identity as we kind of close out this sermon topic for today? Our born-again identity is to live in complete humility. And we even sing a song, humble yourself in the side of the Lord and he'll do what? Lift you up. And that's how we ought to function as live and live as, as believers in Jesus Christ. So this morning, maybe some of you have been living a lifestyle that is contrary to this. Maybe the culture has ingrained in you to take selfies and to post them everywhere to get the better and biggest and greatest and, and, and to elevate yourself. And maybe this morning the Lord is telling you to, to turn that around just a little bit. Or maybe this morning you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ yet. You're not a Christian. Jesus is calling you. The Lord is calling you today to put him on in baptism and to accept this born-again identity. And if there is someone here that is ready to make that decision today to give their life up to the Lord, this invitation is for you. We'll baptize you today, and you can have this born-again identity that we're all fleshing out and sharing this morning. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing a song of invitation?